Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. So glad you're here. Alex, how are you, man? I am doing great, Joe. How are you? Really good. Really good. I'm excited. I just got back from California. Weather's beautiful there. I got to hang out at the beach for a little bit and visit some family. I was at a conference. Um, got to learn a really a lot of cool things. Um, hang out with some other really cool investors that are crushing it and doing really well. And uh, so I'm really pumped. I am really pumped. I just got back uh, yesterday and um, got a lot to talk about. I could talk for a couple hours about things that are going on in my real estate business and uh, the podcast and coaching business. And things are exciting. I, I'm really excited about this market. What about you, Alex? No, things things are great. Uh, good uh, good start to the year. Closed out on uh, some rehab deals um, that we had started, uh, you know, towards the end of last year. So that was good to get those done and and in into the bank, so to speak. Um, uh, started uh, or got a new uh, a pretty good new deal that we're going to be working on um, rehab wise that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, pretty good price, but for 105. Um, we'll sell for two thirty when it's done. Probably put you know forty fifty thousand into it, so that'll be good. Um, uh, got a lot of uh, actually. I, I've talked a little bit about the development stuff that I was working on. We did a uh, project where I bought one piece of property um, and divided it into three different lots, and we put three new construction houses up, and those. Um, sold quickly, and we're we're waiting for the third one to sell, and then that project will be done. Um, and and that and that just worked out really really well. And I'm I'm going to be working on uh, another um, new construction development project uh, and trying to put this together and and see what happens. It's a new venture, but um, you know we're, you got to stretch yourself in in order to learn, and uh, that's you know that's that's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> It, you know, it, a, a cool thing about the deal that I got um, was, uh, you know, I identified a certain area that I wanted to pick up uh, this 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 deal, and um, I said, okay, well, what's the name of the area? So I, I pretty much did a uh, subdivision mailer. I sent out like two hundred pieces, and and I got a deal from it. So my return on investment was really good. It only cost like one hundred sixteen dollars to send out the mailer. Yeah, and uh, it worked uh, worked really well. I was just like, "Wow, you know." Uh, that see in that and in, in that way, I hit absentees, I hit free and clears, I hit everything in there. I kind of pre-screened it by equity, and yeah. and mailed it that way, and it and it worked um, and it worked well. And the next cool thing is because I mailed like that, I'm going to get the postcards that come back to the vacant houses and I will, you know, I, I'll have a, a little vacant house list from that without even have to spend any gas money driving for dollars. <laughs> well, now tell me again, why did you pick that subdivision? Why did you want well, to Well, because it? I saw a lot of activity going on in there and I said, and I had an opportunity actually towards the end of the last year to pick one up and I was like, ah, oh, nah, that, that's too expensive. Um, I don't see the numbers on the back end, you know, I could have bought it for like 110 or something like that. And, and I was like, and the guy that brought it to me is like, man, you could get 220 for this thing, 225. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I see maybe 185. But since then, somebody bought that house that I was going to buy, but actually bought like four or five more out there. Um, and they're really setting the comps to where now you can get 225 and 230. Wow. So, 
I hopped right in. <laughs> what? How far away is this from your house where you live? Oh, probably about 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to do in this podcast is we're not interviewing anybody. We just wanted to uh, shoot we're the breeze. We're interviewing ourselves. <laughs> yes. We're, we're interviewing ourselves. We wanted to uh, kind of just talk about what's going on in our businesses lately. And then also we wanted to answer the question, if we were to start from scratch in a new market, what would we do? And um, so first I would like to um, encourage you guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, and we have a really cool fast cash survival kit bonus there that you can't get anywhere else. You can go ahead and spend hundreds of dollars and get that stuff that we're going to give you for free in these videos that we created. But it's called the Fast Cash Survival Kit, and it's all about wholesaling properties. It's about how we run our business, how we use virtual assistants, how we use our marketing, the technology that we use, um, and uh, how we do our deals. We give you a crash course in wholesaling, a crash course in flipping lease options. And it was a lot of fun creating it, and uh, we've gotten some great feedback from that. Uh, so go check that out at realestateinvestingmastery.com. And we also have some cool reviews in iTunes here I just wanted to read to you real quick. We appreciate the reviews. We have over 130-something five-star reviews in iTunes. Wow, and, that's uh, great. It's, it's awesome. Uh, this one is uh, from Evan. He says, so much content. I found this podcast recently and was a bit overwhelmed by all the content. But after jumping in and taking down some of the episodes, this is the one of the best podcasts out there for real estate investing. Keep it coming. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate that. And this is uh, from DJALBRECHT89. I can't even begin to pronounce that. But he says, two thumbs way up, five stars. These guys are great. I've been listening for a few weeks now and I've been learning a ton. They interview a variety of investors and offer valuable advice themselves. Joe and Alex do business differently, and the topic of discussion is never the same from week to week. I don't know about week to week. <laughs> But they're so generous to offer their personal techniques without any promotions or charges. Thank you both. Appreciate that. We're just so we giving like it away, all free. Free for everybody. <laughs> Thanks for the reviews, uh, Dijalabrecht and Evan Gorder. We appreciate that. And we get a bunch of these in, so please leave us reviews if you like the show. Um, so, Alex, let me uh, just tell you a little bit about what's going on for me. And, uh, and then we'll talk about what's going on in your business a little more because I really like what you're doing with these developments. And it just seems like you're getting into bigger and bigger deals. That's really cool. Um, I'm still just wholesaling deals. We've wholesaled a few flips here in St. Louis. Um, they weren't very big deals. We're still doing the, the obligatory one or two lease option flips a month. Um, but I've started doing more of the traditional wholesaling as well. And I got an acquisition partner here in St. Louis that's now I'm doing postcards and he's taking all the calls and um, that's been going good. We've sent out about two or three mailings now. We've done two deals. Um, average profit on both of them were about $4,000 and um, we, uh, we've got a great, well, I say we have about nine core cash buyers right now and that's important to know that you don't have to have a huge list of cash buyers. And you know this, Alex. You just need a good, you know, eight or nine or ten cash buyers that you know are looking for properties, are actively buying, and they'll buy anything you give them as long as the numbers make sense. Heck, even yeah. one day you may become your own cash buyer. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, these these eight guys have told us exactly where they're looking, what uh, price they are. And sometimes what, what my acquisition guy does is he'll just send them, uh, he say, hey, I got this property, the seller's interested. 
go look at the house, look it up online, and tell me what you would pay for it. And the guy will look it up online and say, well, I wouldn't pay more than 120 So then my buddy goes and meets with the seller and then negotiates 110 or That's where he starts. And so sometimes it's just you have a good relationship with your cash buyers. You can do that. Um, so anyway, we, we just mailed out to multifamilies. We targeted multifamilies. These are duplexes, triplexes, four families, all the way up to 20 units. And um, we targeted some of the best zip codes here. I think we sent out 2,500 postcards, Alex, just regular postcards, and we got about a 2% response rate. So, you know, it's about 30, 40 calls. I think that's what it would be. Um, about 40 calls maybe. And we got two solid potential deals, and this was just late last week that um, we uh, we started getting calls. And we got two solid deals on there. And these are multifamilies. So, Multifamily deals, huh? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times these are investors. They already understand the business. They're not going to be drop-dead, um, motivated, bottom-of-the-barrel, uh, desperate seller that you might typically get in a motivated house with a single family. But these are people who want to sell. And if the numbers work, they understand how the numbers work. You know, they have to be at a certain percent of, uh, of, of, their, of the cash flow or their return on, uh, you know, the income numbers. You, you calculate when it comes to multifamilies, you calculate your uh, after repair value or your the value of the, home, the property by their cash flow. So it's it's just a little different negotiating with those things. But uh, I'm excited about that. And then finally, um, doing doing this thing in California where I'm have a virtual wholesaling challenge, and I've been um, actually falling behind. I'm getting so many leads. Uh, I'm not keeping up with them. So I'm either going to uh, – I need to find another virtual assistant or start finding uh, – Come see on, if my Joe. Get on the stick. Get on the uh, stick, man. <laughs> I know. I I have about um, 50 cash buyers that I need to call back. I'm not kidding. And uh, I have um, – oh, I'm getting an average of five to seven seller leads a day. And uh, – so I am uh, having a hard time keeping up with that. And that's, that's my fault. Um, I'm only putting about a couple hours a day into that. And I'm realizing I need to have I need to be able to spend more time tracking and following up with those leads. Um, and I think I just need to give my VA more responsibility. Uh, right now he's doing a lot of the pre-screening of certain leads, but not all of them. Um, and I think I need to give him more responsibility to pre-screen more of the different types of leads that I'm getting. But I'm getting leads from direct mail from Craigslist, from ZBuyer. I'm using ZBuyer a lot out there. And um, we're doing some Facebook advertising as well. So it's been uh, it's been fun. I'm getting a lot of leads, and I just need to get better at handling those leads. Um, so, Alex, how about you, man? What's been going on? Talk a little bit more about, are you still you still doing traditional wholesaling? You know, are you still marketing yeah. for sellers, or are you focusing on the bigger deals now? Well... I mean, I'm always, uh, I guess, like uh, Ron Legrand says, you got to be a transactional uh, engineer. So um, that's kind of what I am. I, 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 I used to obviously be in the just straight wholesale, 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 wholesale. But now um, I've kind of uh, t- stepped back and taken a look at my business and uh, tried to take advantage of um, you know, each opportunity as much as I possibly can. 
like for instance on this deal you know that I got for um, 105 I could have easily have wholesaled it for um, 115 made ten thousand dollars and moved on but the potential there to make forty five to fifty thousand is you know the way I look at it when you're in position when you can wait for your money it puts you in so much of a better uh, position that it, it just makes sense you know yeah um, and and yes I only spent a hundred some dollars uh, to generate the lead and, and all that stuff but I actually you know I went out there and put on the dog and pony show and I actually um, you know met the seller and built the rapport and uh, tried to, you know when they say oh I think I want to think about it I want to shop it around and all that stuff you know you, you got to handle that and, and make sure that uh, you're presenting yourself as credible and how did you how did you handle that Alex <laughs> well I kind of was like oh crap <laughs> another <Right>. shopper <laughs> no uh, well that's that was my initial reaction but um, yeah, I say okay. Oh, that's fine. Um, you know, because if you if you act like, oh no, don't shop around. You know, that they're going to think that well, this guy's trying to get over on me or whatever the case may be, right? So, yeah. um, I just followed up um, the next couple days and 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 said, you know, did you get my contract? Um, you know, her initial number she wanted was one twenty five. So, you know, I used that as my excuse first to did you get my contract want to make sure that went through that you saw did you have any questions on that whatever the case may be then I said well listen you you, you mentioned to me that you wanted 125,000 for the property I said you know if you were to get 125 listing and this with a realtor and and selling this the conventional way you really only would net about 110 to 115 I said would you sell for 110 right now and she said, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I see what you're saying. You know, because I broke it down. I said, okay, 125000 Let me get my calculator here again. I said 125000 And the normal uh, cost off that is about 90% because 6% goes to your buyer, you know, to your realtor. And then 4%, 3 to 4% buyer's closing costs. Um, so I said, okay, 125 times 0.90 is 112.5. That's 112.5. That doesn't include any insurance payments, mortgage payments, whatever you have until you're waiting for this to happen. And this could happen in four to six months. You don't know. So, yeah. and then a home inspector could come through and give you a whole bunch of stuff that you have to repair and take care of. And that makes your net even less. I said, I'm offering, my initial offer was 100000 I said, I'm offering 100000 which is guaranteed money and you can have it within a couple of weeks as opposed to having to wait four to six months to try to get that extra amount that's not even guaranteed. I said, how about this? How about I offer you 110000 you know, um, and, and, and that, that's the price that you would net anyway, but... I'll pay you $25,000 down and then the rest when I sell the property. She's like, oh, I don't think I could do that. I said, all right. I said, what about, how much would you need? I said, how much? She's like, I've got stuff I need to have done and all this stuff. I said, well, okay, well, how much do you need? She said, well, I'd probably have to have 50000 I said, okay. Well, how about I offer you 50000 and the rest when I sell? You know, so that way there's no interest, there's nothing, it's just a straight whatever it is. So it's a better deal for me because I'm not going to have to pay interest to a private lender and it, and it works out great that way. 
So she she uh, thought about it and she's like, um, I, I I said okay. You know, it, she didn't she didn't want to do it that way. I said okay. Well, what if you know I gave you a hundred five and just called it you know straight out? You'd have all your money right away, type of thing. And um, she she actually was good with that. So I I, I kind of approached it from different angles. I helped her see that you know what it would have cost if or what the real net would be if she got 125 if she listed and sold with a realtor um, and I pretty much just walked it from that way and then gave her multiple options multiple different offers and different ways to handle it so she could see you know I was trying to work with her to get to get her price and then when you know it, it basically worked the way I wanted it to work when she said well you know can you do 105 and do it all right away so that's kind nice. of kind of the way that worked. <laughs> nice. So um, now you've been doing some bigger deals where you're fixing and flipping, doing some development now. Yeah. Talk a little bit about this development that you have going on. Yeah. Well, right now I'm I'm working on a deal, and I don't know if it's going to happen um, because I'm dealing with like eight different sellers to try to acquire all these lots in this one area. Um, and I have to negotiate with eight different people to get them at the cheaper price to get all these lots so that I could potentially buy them and then have enough to where now it'll make sense to actually bring a road through this area, connect one street to the other, and bring in the utilities like water, sewer, and electric and all that stuff. Um, but you have to get the lots cheap enough to do that for it to make sense. Um, because um, you know it's expensive to bring a road through somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to do this, and if I could do this, I may be able to get you know 10, 11, 12 lots out of this spot here, and um, a normal new construction you know profit could be forty to fifty thousand on each house, so that could be a good project right there. I it just have to, I just have to cooperate with everybody, um, and make sure everybody. Uh, um, is all along the same lines, and uh, it's it's just got to work out perfectly. So that's one where you know you're not dealing with one person to make something happen. You're dealing with like eight different people, and everybody has different agendas and different feelings and different things. So it's the mega diplomatic negotiating uh, venture I'm on. So we'll see now, if it happens or not. Are you are you partnering with somebody on this, or are you doing it on your own? No, I'd have to. I got to partner with the guy that I did my last new construction deal on. Um, it, it works out great with him, um, just because he knows everything, and I pretty much put the deal together. I put the financing together and hand it over to him, and then he just did everything. Now, on this instance. Um, could I do it on my own? I don't know. Do I want to learn about roads and sewer and water and all that stuff? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we'll 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 see. But I mean, it's just such a hands-off process with that guy that it, it just worked out. It it just worked out perfectly. So we'll see. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of different uh, things going on. Uh, still closing out on some rehabs. I'm going to start that rehab there that I just. Uh, you know, explain to you the way I got it and all that stuff, um, and get that rolling here pretty soon. And uh, looking for more. Um, cool thing is, um, there was a deal I didn't get last year that I probably should have done um, with this with the seller, but but the seller liked me. Um, you know, because I did go, I went out there and I and I played the whole game again, um, and he said. Um, 
you know, even, even if that I don't sell you this one, I'd be glad to work with you as one of your lenders on your next deal. So I might have him be the lender on that next deal that I'm working on there. Okay. So, um, uh, more private lenders are always good. So good, good. Now you're still doing your marketing or how's the marketing going for you and your business? Absolutely. Um, I, I did a big mailer drop. Um, well, that's, you know, the, the small mailer I did is how I found that one deal there. Um, <clears throat> and I'm ramping up here soon to be doing another um, uh, big mailer drop in one of my markets and then in my uh, my next <clears throat> my next market. So um, it's, you know, business as usual. So, you know, 5,000 probably for each market there. And um, <clears throat> Oh, we we also uh, work, had a pretty big deal. I was working on in one of my uh, virtual markets. Actually, a house built in two thousand five. We bought for three hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. If you can believe that. What? Yeah. Yep. But it's worth four hundred and forty. You know. So we listed it on MLS for uh, three ninety-nine, and with some negotiating, I got we got a full price offer on it. So that that'll be a good deal because the buyer. The only problem there is we had with seasoning, so that's why yeah. I had to bring in my my money partner on that one because we had to hold it for like 30 days before the seller could uh, or the buyer could go ahead and get his financing uh, right. together. You know, because it's such a it's not FHA and it's not VA, so the seasoning on conventional is a, has changed a little bit. So you gotta you gotta play with that, but that'll be a good deal because. Um, that'll be about 50,000 that my partner and I down there get to split up, um, on that. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of different things going on to different uh, venues and whatnot. Um, so the key is just to, to keep moving forward with what you're doing. Um, don't be afraid of new ventures, but also, you know, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. And, and, and part of that is by bringing on partners that you can work with that can handle things and you can, you know, work together. And as long as everybody's contributing, you know, the, the same amount, then it's not a problem to split money up because then it just becomes a matter of how many ventures can I put together that I don't have to do anything about. Um, and then you, you can just split money all day long, you know, if you want to, if you want to take it that way. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, you know, Alex, a lot of times we get questions asked about like, if you were to start in a new market, uh, you're doing these big deals and, um, you know, we've been wholesaling for a while, but a lot of people listening to this are new investors and they are just getting into the game and they're wondering, okay, great. You're doing these big developments. You're flipping properties in different cities you know, how do I get started in this business? If you were to start from, from complete scratch and didn't have much money, uh, what would you do? Where would you start um, looking for deals uh, and things like that? So let me ask you that, Alex. If you were to be uh, relocated to another city, um, what would you start doing right away? And let's say you already understood wholesaling. You know, you don't. You, I'm not saying that you need to go spend a bunch of money on education, although that's important, but you already knew what you needed to do. What would you, what would you start doing? Well, I would start looking at uh, the recent cash sales um, and finding what was going on in those areas um, because then I would know exactly what areas to target with mail um, or making offers or whatever the case may be. I mean, 
the cool thing about HUD nowadays is um, that's free. You can make offers all day long on HUD properties. And um, if you operate on a higher, you know, you, you can even make a couple thousand bucks on one where you don't have to shoot for a ten or $15,000 payday. But one of those deals can give you some marketing money. <clears throat> Excuse me, to, um, <clears throat> oh, I need some water or something. Uh, to work with so that you can spend some money on marketing. Um, and then in that case, once you know the areas that, um, you know, those deals are moving in and let's say you have some marketing money because you're able to do a HUD deal or whatever the case may be, um, you could then um, target that just a, a subdivision in its entirety like I did, um, you know, with only a couple hundred bucks. So you don't even need a whole bunch of money to do that. And in that instance, you know, you're, you're targeting um, uh, absentee free and clear and everything all at once in one mailer, you know, for a cheap amount of money. So the key is to, you know, kind of find out what's going on in the market and then getting yourself wedging yourself in between that activity. So that's what I would say. Okay. You find out where the cash activity was, where the uh, hot uh, areas were. And uh, you'd start targeting deals in there, and you start bidding on HUD homes. I like it. Makes sense. Free. <laughs> HUD homes are free. <laughs> you know, yeah. right there, out, available for you to look at. Now, you can't, you have to have a broker submit the yeah. bids for you on the HUD properties. But, I mean, how hard it is, is it to find a broker to do that for you? Well, if you have no excuses, it's very easy. But if you're <laughs> excuses, it's very hard. <laughs> that's I like how you put that. That's really good. And you know, I find when most people get in trouble and are not doing very well in this business, it's because of exactly that. It's because they make too many excuses and they complicate things too much. This business is really, really simple. And I'm guilty of that, complicating things. Heck yeah. I do it all the time. I'm I'm constantly one of the big things I got out of this conference that I was just at in San Diego was all about simplifying your business. Stupid. Keep it simple, stupid, right? You know? Um, Alex, you're really good at that, and I, I, I respect that about you. You keep things simple. You're and, uh, being stupid. I got you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I try to complicate things. Why? I have no idea. But um, I, am, I am actually now trying to simplify things, and, and even when it comes to my course, um, I'm, I'm going to be changing a lot of things with my course and my coaching, but, um, and even when it comes to doing deals, I love doing deals, but I need to simplify it and stop chasing so many things. But let me answer the question that I asked. If I were to be dropped in a new city, what would I do? And, uh, I think I'd keep it again, really simple. Um, I love number one, going after Craigslist. Um, it's free. doesn't cost a thing to find leads on Craigslist. These are people who have a vacancy or who need to sell the house. I go after the for sale by owners in Craigslist, and I go after the for rent properties. And uh, it's really simple. I send them either an email, a text message, or a voice message, and I ask them, hey, I saw your rental property on Craigslist. Do you have any interest in selling your property? Or I'll ask them, do you have any, uh, you wouldn't be interested in doing a lease purchase or a rent to own on your property, would you? Um, so I'll have different messages. You know, if I'm going after lease purchasing, I'll just ask that question. Do you, I saw your property on Craigslist. I was wondering if it was available for lease purchase or rent to own. 
And I approach it as a buyer. So if it's if the numbers work, I'll stay in the middle and get some cash flow, make some money at the front at the beginning and make some money at the end. Most of the time, these deals, are, there's not enough equity or not enough cash flow in them. So I'll wholesale it. I'll get it under contract and wholesale it. Um, the other thing is I'll send marketing out to Craigslist ads just saying, hey, I saw your rental property on Craigslist. I'm an investor. And by the way, these are none of these are these aren't cold calls. I'm not cold calling anybody. These are just things that my VA can do, can send emails, text messages, and voice messages to these people saying, hey, um, saw your property. I have an investor. I'm looking to buy another deal in the area in the next 30 days. And I don't know if you have any interest in selling it. Probably not. Uh, you know, I'm playing the reluctant buyer when I'm doing this. So you're probably not interested in selling. But if you are, give me a call and they can talk about it. And so it's very personal. It comes from me. I'm not this big investor. I'm not pretending to make them jump through a bunch of hoops. To, you know, I'm just trying to get them on the phone. And you'd be surprised. I, get, I average anywhere from 10 to 15% response rate on this type of marketing. And typically you need to talk to, let's just say, 25, 35 sellers to get a deal. Um, so it's just a numbers game. And if you do this to 20 or 30 every day, uh, you're going to find a deal. And I love, I love Craigslist. So that's what I would do is if I was in a new city, I would find out, um, I'd start marketing immediately to Craigslist, people who advertise their houses for rent or for sale on Craigslist. I would also start finding exactly what Alex said, where all the hot activity is. Um, and it's real easy to do that. You can do that for free on ListSource where you can just you know take your target market and make a list of all the zip codes in there. And go in through list source like you're pretending to buy a list of absentee owners. And you can say, all right, give me a list of all the absentee owners who bought a house here in the last six months in this zip code. And it'll tell you, once you get through it, it'll tell you how many are going to be on that list. And so next to each zip code, you just write down how many are on that list. How many cash transactions or how many absentee owners bought a house in the last six months in each zip code. You can get that number for free in list source without having to buy any kind of list, right? And so you need to do that for all 20 or 30 zip codes that you're in your county or your, your target area. And then you'll find the top five or six zip codes where most of the cash activity is. And then what I would do is I would go in and I would see who are the most active cash buyers in those zip codes. And I'd just start calling them, contacting them, or send them postcards and say, hey, you know, what are you looking for? Um and then find out what they're interested in. Why are they buying homes in that area? You know, what is the average price that they're buying homes for in this area? And I would start targeting those areas. So I know, let's say I have 10 zip codes that I know are really good. These are free things, by the way, that I'm talking about, right? I'd start bidding on HUDs in those areas. And uh, I'd also start looking in the MLS. Now, if you don't have access to the MLS, that's fine. You can go to Realtor.com or Trulia or Zillow. And if you had Redfin, it's even better in your area. And I'd start looking at all the actives. And I'd start looking at all the pendings. And I would start calling the realtors up. I would find the ones that needed work. I wouldn't call just the nice properties. I'd call the properties in those zip codes that needed work, and I'd start making offers. Um, you find out what your cash buyers are buying properties for in those areas. And you find out, you know, maybe you can find out what the average dollar per square foot is, right? When you start talking to cash buyers, you find out what are they estimating uh, in general for repairs. You know, it's, is it $20 a square foot? Is it 
$20,000 for every house is, you know, the, each investor has different ways of doing it, but you'll be surprised how simple they, the numbers that they use. Um, some buyers that I've talked to, you know, it's just uh, a certain percent of the, um, uh, of the ARV of the house, uh, or it may be a certain dollar per square foot, or it may just be $30,000 for every property they buy. Um, so anyway, you find that out and you just make offers. And the other thing you could do is you could find the properties that are pending and you could call the realtors up and say, hey, if this property falls through, if it falls through escrow or if it doesn't close, call me and I'll buy it. And you'll get these. And these are only on fixer upper properties, but um, you get those realtors to call you if the property falls through and you can make an offer on those on those homes. So those are some of the things I would do. And then once I start making money, once I start getting a deal or two under my contract, under under contract, um, I would start doing direct mail pretty heavy, and I would start sending out at least a thousand postcards a week. Um, I think that's a good minimum target to go after, a thousand postcards a week. Um, and again, where to absentee owners in those top zip codes? So you got to do a little market research first. Just in summary, I would go after Craigslist, and then I would start going after the hot zip codes. And uh, just start making offers from properties on the MLS. And here's another key thing. Uh, ask the realtor who has that listing to write up the offer for you so they can represent you. All right? Uh, you can, you can, if they're representing you, they're going to get both sides of the commission. They're going to be more interested in working with you. I think that's about all I could say to do. Um, I, just I actually started. did that myself. Um recently on one of those lots that you know that I'm trying to get out there I went to the realtor and said hey just write up the offer for me on it I you know I don't I don't mind and you know you get a really good response from them they're like oh yeah I'm happy to do that <laughs> oh yeah and it plus it saves you so much work I hate writing up offers <laughs> you know what I mean it's just all especially when it comes to the realtors world there's just so much paperwork involved and it's like oh give me a break and the realtors especially have all this extra paperwork and disclosures that you need to find, sign. So just have the realtor prepare all that for you. Make them send it to you through DocuSign or some way that, so that you can sign it electronically online, right? Um, but that's cool. Just find it where other people do the work for you. Anything else you want to add to that, Alex? No, I think that's it. I mean, we pretty much uh, said exactly what we would do. And, um, yeah, just uh, listen to it, write, write it down, take some notes, and do it. Um, you know, like I said, one of those things, the HUDs, they're free. Go after yeah. them. You know? There's no I, – I should be bidding on HUDs more often than I am, and I'm not. But Shame so, on you. I know. I got it. I was talking to a buddy in San Diego. Um, he bid on a HUD in a place called Temecula, which is a good hour, an hour and a half away. Um, no, was it Temecula? It was Julian. I think it was either Julian or Temecula, somewhere out there. I mean, if you're from Southern California, um, you know, it's a good hour and a half from anything, right? It's out there. And and there's very, hardly any HUDs right now in California. If you go to the website, there's maybe 20 in the whole state. But, you know, he's just bidding on HUDs. He may get one out of 100, but he keeps on doing it. And he got this property in Julian, I think it was, way out in the sticks. And he flipped it, made 14 grand on it. Okay. Why so, not? Why not? Why aren't you why why aren't you bidding on HUDs? Joe, Joe McCall. I don't, I don't know. 
I should be, but, um, but cool. Uh, we got a bunch more podcasts going to be coming out in the next few weeks, few months. Um, we got some great interviews lined up with some guys that are really doing some awesome things. Alex, we got a follow-up interview with one of our most popular podcasts um, with uh, Keith and Shannon French. If you remember, they were living in Baltimore. Do you remember them? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, they moved to Louisiana, and uh, they were really nervous about leaving Baltimore and can they still do deals in Baltimore. They thought they would have to shut their business down in Baltimore and uh, start up a new one in Louisiana. Well, you want to know something crazy? They, uh, they actually are still wholesaling deals in Baltimore, uh, all virtually from Louisiana. And they're, they're doing the same amount of income, but working half as much. Really? Yes. <laughs> I saw them. Wow. I saw them a few weeks ago in New Orleans. So I'm going to be, I want to interview them. We got them lined up. Um, we got some other cool cats lined up for podcasts. We've already have some interviews that I have already recorded that I'm going to be releasing here soon. So. You said some cool cats. Yeah, isn't that you like that? What about what about dogs? <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess uh I'm a wannabe hippie or something. So I just say cats. I think that's what they used to say. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. In, uh, it's been good talking to you again, Alex. And um, let's go kick some butt in 2013. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's a good idea, dog. All right. See you, cat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Go to realestateinvestingmastery.com right now. Go, go, go. Get this fast cash survival kit. I'm telling you, if you don't got it yet, you, you have no excuse. I mean, it's just it's insane the amount of good stuff we give you in there. And it's all because we love you, and uh, it's really good stuff. It's and, only uh, because we love you. No other reason. That's right. <laughs> and uh, leave us a review in iTunes, please. Go to go to iTunes. Leave us a review. We appreciate um, all of that, all that good, good stuff. And the more reviews we get, the more good stuff we're going to give out to you guys. And um, Hey, by the way, real quick, let me give a big shout-out to a couple new guys who have started podcasts. Uh, I'm always excited to see the real estate investing podcasts on iTunes. There's one with Bigger Pockets. They just came out with a podcast. Check them out. They're good. Um, and the, these guys at the Real Estate Strategy Lab, um, I was listening to one of their shows recently, and it's really good. You should, um, you should check them out. So, all right, we'll sign off for now. Um, thank you, Alex. We'll talk soon, man. All right, man. Good stuff. We'll see you soon. See you guys. Oh,